<laughs> Goosed up and ready to go. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Golden Gods and Goddesses. Welcome to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, where today's soundtrack is supplied by none other than Mr. Bovine Joni himself. My name is Brayden, and I got uh, three co-hosts back here with me today. We're all in the room, metaphorically speaking. Adam's here with us. Hey, everyone. How's it going? We got Donnie. Yo. My, uh, my Sinbad and Rob Thomas, if you will. <laughs> and uh, on the phone with us, as always, it's the dish of the day. Old cheese. The cheese? Nice. Old, I was hoping you're gonna be old cat food. cheese. Old cheese. No, there's too many. There's too many cat food options coming up in the future. That's true. Yep, that's fancy true. Cheese. Possibly some yeah, aged yeah. feta or some uh, parmigiano. Um, no, yes. the old rad cheese. Oh, just like cheddar. just any, just the old sharp cheddar provolone, <laughs> with a little pepper jack. Since we were uh, knocking Whatever my cheese the choices, that the rats aren't eating. Yeah, out of the rat traps. <laughs> what cheese do you guys think he was serving? Oh, oh we're getting into the episode. Well, we, we haven't even started. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, yeah, welcome to Rumham and Wildcards. We're so happy to have you guys here. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're joining us again, welcome back. We appreciate having you guys. Either way, hit subscribe, get notified when we uh, release new episodes, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Always Sunny Pod. That's at Always Sunny Pod. Hit subscribe. Give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we're going to jump into it here today. We got Season 4, Episode 9. We're talking about Dennis Reynolds and Erotic Life. Uh, we almost just got right into the chat there, but let's get the business out of the way. Like I said, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Hit subscribe. Give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will give you a shout-out on the podcast like we're about to do right now with a uh, reviewer here. Going to give a shout-out to Sean M., uh, five-star review for five-star men. The title says it all. Uh, thank you for your five-star review, Sean. We uh, appreciate it so much. Uh, go to solo.to slash rumham for all the links to listen and follow us. Uh, we got our merch store up there. We're going to be donating all the proceeds from this first merch run to St. Baldrick's Foundation at the end of September. So looking forward to that. And you can find the list of lists at solo.to slash rumham on our subreddit, our Always Sunny Pod. Uh, that is every episode we have gone over so far, reviewed and ranked on one list. Uh, currently, we got uh, 41 episodes. It's going to be number 42 on the list today. Uh, Dennis Reynolds and Erotic Life, Season 4, Episode 9. Uh, excited to add this one. I'm excited to talk about it, see what you guys think about it, and uh, let us know about all the episodes we've reviewed so far. If uh, we gave too much love to an episode you hate, let us know. And if we hated an episode you love, let us know. We uh, want everyone's input on this, and uh, we love talking about Sunny with you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. The way this podcast works in the first part of the podcast, I'm uh, going to uh, introduce the episode and we're going to talk about it a bit more uh, generally. We're going to just talk about some themes of the episode, what we liked, what we didn't like. And then in the second half of this podcast, we are going to take our arguments and put them on a scale of one to 10 with some categories that we have or zero to 10, I guess. Uh, and we're going to quantify and average out and uh, listify. Uh, we're going to put this episode on a list, the list of lists, and we're going to see where it ranks up against 41 other episodes we've gone over. So you guys, uh, Dennis Reynolds, An Erotic Life, Season 4, Episode 9 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Uh, this episode was released uh, October 23rd, 2008, and you got uh, Fred Savage directing it. Uh, written by just about everyone who's joined the writing cast so far, except for David Hornsby. So you got Rob Glenn, uh, Charlie, uh, you got Patrick Walsh, who actually makes a cameo in this episode, uh, Rob Rizal, Scott Martyr. Uh, you know the guys. If you've been listening so far, you know who's been writing and directing these things. Uh, what's this episode about? Well, uh, it's discovered that Charlie has been, quote-unquote, reading... Uh, Dennis's memoirs in the crawl space of Patty's pub. These are my memoirs. Charlie, you found my book. I wrote a memoirs. Hey, guys, Charlie found my memoirs. Your memoirs? I've been keeping track of all my sexual exploits, and I was going to unleash them on the world in a fiery blaze of eroticism. Giddy up, man. That's amazing. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. But then one day the book just sort of went mysteriously missing. Charlie, what the hell were you doing with it? Well, uh, since he can't read, I'm guessing he was masturbating to your pictures. Goddamn jacking off to my... Uh, no, that is not at all. You know what? What are you doing to me? Why are you doing this? Dennis reads his his exploits to uh, Frank and Mac who decide that he needs to publish them. But of course the gang is of integrity and doesn't want to lie or more specifically get sued. So they decide that they need to make Dennis's exploits real. And all the while Dee and Charlie are walking a mile in each other's shoes. Uh, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of walking in each other's shoes in this episode. So uh, let's get into it here. Uh, season four, episode nine, starting out at 11 PM on a Monday. Uh, what'd you guys think of this episode? Uh, love it, hate it, in between? Need some convincing? Um, I don't necessarily find it particularly funny. Like, I laughed at, like, like certain parts of it, but I didn't laugh at a lot of it. But I thought it was a really good episode. Like, the characters were good, the story was good. But I just, I didn't laugh a lot, honestly. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think, Adam? I I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, I do think that this one was kind of funny, more than more funny than you're putting it, but I know where you're coming from compared to, <clears throat> I don't want to compare it to the episodes, but. Um, well, yeah, we are comparing episodes. I, I know. Well, or contrasting or whatever it is. Well, compared to the episode, both. the other episode that we watched later after, um, not as funny as that one. So it's hard to compare, but I know where you're coming from. Yeah. What about you, Disha? Before day? I was aware of, I saw this episode before I was aware of Matchbox 20 and the culture <laughs> behind Matchbox 20. Really? Uh, and I, yeah, I didn't, um, no, I, I guess I had heard some of the songs, but I wasn't aware of, you know, the culture and the type of individual that listens to Matchbox 20. And I think after that, it had made this episode funnier. Mm. Um, okay, I also so felt like they were doing a lot of parodies I, that I sorry, might have not caught. Can I, can I stop you? Yeah, no, go what ahead. Is, what, is, what is Matchbox 20? I'm Matchbox not crazy. 20 is a band, you uncultured swine. It'd be it's like... What? I'm not crazy. I'm they're, just they're, a little unwell. I'm yeah. not crazy. I just can't okay. afford the copyright okay, see, to so this song. I didn't know their name. Okay. So, like, uh, smooth. With Santana. It's just like the ocean. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that was there. Knowing or connecting that, maybe that's why it didn't make it as funny. I don't know. I didn't know Santana did a song with Matchbox. I didn't know that was They made another one recently, too. They decided to do it again in an effort to repeat the 90s. But uh, we're not here for karaoke. Anyways, I was going to say, maybe that's why I didn't find it as funny. But But anyways, back to what the dish was saying. If they rewrote this episode, I think if they wrote it today, I think it's, it's, 
it's obscure, but not like so obscure. You'd be like putting like the front man for like Imagine Dragons. Yeah. What's his name? Like Dan something. Uh, I don't know. I think his last name's Reynolds, actually. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking this up. But yeah, it'd be like, hey. it's just like out there. It's like not obscure enough, but like. At the time, it made sense. At the time, Sinbad and Rob Thomas being in an episode is, is like, it, it's relevant. I mean, the, relevant, the comparative joke but obs- is maybe that the guy in A Million Little Pieces, a book which I have Fiber. never read. Um, said he met some famous musician, but then uh, then didn't do it. Then didn't end up actually meeting that famous musician, just as Dennis wants to meet Bon John Vovi, but doesn't end up doing it because he ends up meeting Rob Thomas instead, instead of Joe Bovine. Okay, uh, I, I hear where you're coming from. The only Sinbad I know is from this show. Really? Yeah. Wait, what? Have you really? never seen a stand-up? You never seen. I I haven't seen really? much more of a Sinbad. Like uh, I've heard people say his name and talk about him, but I didn't. He's like, funny. I don't know who he is. Or like I don't know anything. You've never seen him. Shazam with Sinbad as a, as a genius. I've never <laughs> seen Shazam, but like now that you know that, or now that you say that, like I do remember him like being the cover and like being the picture of Shazam. But other mm. than that, yeah, I didn't know that was there Sinbad. Was no Shazam. I can't look at that cover without thinking. Beat his testicles. He just testicles. So let's talk about the million, uh, a million yes, little pieces no guy. What the fuck that man. Yeah. Talk about an obs- obscure reference. Yeah. A million little pieces guy. Like I, I get that it was like a big controversial thing, but like that's insane. How like little I remember yeah. of that because it would be like what around like ten around that time, eleven around that time maybe. Uh, I just I don't know. Then, I, do oh, you remember it? No, my yeah. only knowledge of it is is from South Park or because of South Park. Mm-hmm. That's only it. I do. I I remember. I remember distinctly watching the Oprah episode. Um, even then, I'm always. I've always been of the opinion that like, I don't know. Anybody could just write a memoir about anything, and if it's like their memoir with their experiences, and it's not too outside of the box. Like if I wrote a memoir and I said. Hey, um, my, my old cheese ass was cooked and served to Gordon Ramsay, and you call Gordon Ramsay, and he's like, "I've never eaten old cheese in my life." All right, so that's a fucking problem. But if I wrote a <laughs> memoir about like my experiences of my father or my experiences growing up um, as um, milk inside a cow's udder, then you're not really gonna fucking <laughs> call me on that. Like it's my experience. Like, I, I don't I'm getting lost on the analogy, but I think I get what you're saying. You gotta like. <laughs> There's there's some liberties you can take, and that's kind of this guy James Frey. That was kind of his defense that you know all these things are embellished a little bit, but it turned out that it 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 wasn't uh, a little embellished. It was a a lot embellished apparently. But they're about to make a movie, a wow. million little pieces movie starring Billy Bob Thornton. No, Sling Blade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I thought William Robert. <laughs> William Robert Thorntonson. Uh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's it. But uh, just a little poignant bit. Bit there. I don't know. Million little pieces. That was just topical, like the American Idol bit. It's just topical, and that's yeah. it. Part of it is kind of cool. He got away with it for a little bit. But good for him for that brief moment of time. Good for him. I'm sure he must have been like on top good of the world. Like good he, for him. He must have felt so good and then like just destroyed afterwards. So <laughs> deservedly so. So what was <laughs> what was your guys's favorite uh plot line this episode? Did you guys like what D and Charlie were doing this episode more? Did you guys like Frank and Mac? I, I'm hearing not a lot of love for the the Sinbad and Rob Thomas and Dennis. Rob- Storyline. Uh, I think that that plot line was only interesting because of Sinbad and Rob Rob Thomas. Um, not much to do with mm. Dennis. 
I'm kind of tossed up between the Mac and Frank plotline post at during and post their meeting with um, Bovine Jim's um, fucking secretary. Yeah. I like what they mm-hmm. do after that. I like what they do in the movie theater. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, I'm a better fan of the D plot line. Did, did you guys get the same kind of feeling where somewhere like right before the middle, like kind of end of act one there, it just kind of gets a little boring uh, just with both plot lines this episode, but it kind of does end up ramping up. I don't know if you guys got that feeling as well, but like um, between, between D uh, the, the apartment scene with D and Charlie and then they they go to the was it the laugh house um i thought that was all right and they continued that on pretty well and like scene by scene that kept my interest but like as far as dennis frank and mac um to kind of quote the dish of the day old cheese here uh you know if you can come up with better punchlines on your couch maybe it's a little missed opportunity i felt some missed opportunity in the the dennis frank and mac storyline but then when it becomes frank and mac like the dish of the day is saying, and uh, Donnie's saying, uh, it becomes better. Mm. I don't know. I, I think. So I had noticed that. No, by all means. I was gonna say I think that all all plot lines are pretty solid. I it's hard it's hard to pick which one I like better. I'd say that because weak that, answer. I'm not pick done one yet. I to am. live. Fuck they, you! I I was on the way to picking man. one. I I think that because Charlie and D they're with each other most of the time and they're more consistent. Like seeing them throughout the entire episode, I think that their storyline is probably the stronger one. I and do just the naturally better like when Dee and Charlie are together. Yeah, I think it's funny. So yeah, I mean, I guess your I'd say I like that story Fucker. better. I mean, <laughs> I felt like there there had to be some some parody that I was missing. So I got the Shining parody, and maybe mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest parody. But I feel like there was a greater parody, maybe Memento. I don't know, but like towards the middle of the um, rehab scene, I was like, they are parroting something that I have not seen or been made aware of. Like, something's going on here mm-hmm. about a guy being stuck in rehab and seeing famous people or something in this stigmata. Like, there's something that's that's happening that I'm not aware of. So if there are any fans who actually listen to this, um, please, please let us know. Well, well, the stigmatas like- come from this really, really, really old book, um, not sure if you've ever uh, heard heard of it before. Uh, what, what was it? The 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 Bible? Am I pronouncing that one correctly? Never the Bible? Read it. Never was. Also I'm criticized. Not brushed, I, I'm not up to date on my Latin, so also um, criticized for its reliability. <laughs> Just like <laughs> oh Dennis, yeah, bringing it back to Dennis. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I guess all kind of on the same page as what's sounding like. What what you guys think of the the laugh house scene? Because I think it's one of my favorite scenes, yet the most frustrating scene, just as Why? far as uh, when Charlie goes up there and the audio doesn't match up with his gagging. Oh, I thought, yeah, I put that, I'm like, it, it looks like he just yelled into the microphone mm-hmm. instead of like tried to pretend thro- gag or something. It's funny. It's probably, I don't know, that's probably... Um, I didn't notice that though. What do you mean? The audio's off. It just doesn't look like it matches up. Like you were saying, oh. it looks like he yells okay. one thing and yeah. they decide it wasn't funny enough, so they like okay. pre-recorded something after. Yeah. I don't know. One part robot, three part asshole. That's all I got to say. 
But was was there a reference to uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest in this? Uh, yeah, this, in this episode, what'd you catch? What'd you catch, Adam? Oh my God! Okay, Our I, film I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but it's a great I movie. Danny DeVito's in it. He plays a, a, a little guy called Martini. But you know when when you go into the rehab center in this episode, and there's a guy, and he's got a pair of cards, and he he keeps saying, "Hit me, hit me." That was Danny DeVito's line in the movie. Oh. So I thought that was a good Easter egg. How fun. I mean, he had a much bigger role, too, than just playing poker and not knowing how. But, yeah, I don't know. You guys should go see the movie. I liked no, Yes, you Watch should. It's it's sunny. Danny <laughs> didn't think about Okay. I like Come on. Chief. We, yeah, yeah. We, we can uh, do a movie marathon of everything else that everyone's been in. But it's just Danny DeVito work, I guess. A lot of Batman. There is another episode of It's Always Sunny that I'm forgetting the name of or its location where they do a more serious parody of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with the whole break in the window and the water. That fountain. one is it's coming like up a next. One for one parody. That one's next. That's Sweet D has a heart attack when uh, Frank uh, takes too many medications and lands himself oh, in an oh insane asylum. Am I just. Really? Did I just fucking ah, so, confuse you? So maybe they, uh, did you? Yeah. This one. Oh my god! Did you think of the? We next? all did. I don't know. I just went with you. You called something out that I didn't catch. Old cheese was talking about cuckoo's nest. Oh. Yeah, but what I was talking, talking about, about it relating to yeah. Dennis Reynolds and erotic life. So what did you catch then? Where, where's where's the reference that you're seeing? Adam it's confused season four episode ten with season four episode nine just now. Wait, you said that he's claiming that there's a cuckoo's nest. Well, because you mentioned it earlier, and I just thought I didn't catch something in this episode. (laughs) It's possible they can make more than one reference to Danny DeVito's previous work in this season. I was initially referring to the... Before this episode, I was referring to the next episode we were going to review. I mean, that one's obvious. Uh, God uh, dang it. All right, fine. I guess I'll vet you harder next time. I was about to say, I was like, I don't remember them playing Blackjack. Being an idiot. Uh, one at a time, children. No, same time. Each of you. Nope. <laughs> what, nope. What, what about being an idiot? By all means. By all means. Um, I thought that the... Maybe Memento. I just feel like there's like a movie that I'm grasping at or a book that I'm grasping at that this, this episode is supposed to be parodying in full. Because there was that Shining parody... Which is a Jack a movie with Jack Nicholson? Um, I don't know. Feels like feels like I'm missing something. Uh, I mean, like I editing style, it resembles a bit of momentum. I think it was but, original, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think of that Grady twins? Like, yeah, the Shining reference. I think it's a little bit overdone, just in media in general. No, I don't know. But I, if you're gonna have a creepy hallway, what else are you gonna do with it? I think it's it was funny because it, they played on the fact that it was drug induced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have too much glue. Yeah. I did think that was a good save for that for the overplayedness of the of the twins. Mm-hmm. I did think that was a good save, but you could also not have written that in and not need the save. So. Yeah, yeah. I love that whole scene when fucking <laughs> when Frank busts through the apartment door, not saying a word, inhales the cat, cat food. food. Why is he wearing? <laughs> why is he wearing the beads? Like, cause like think of where he was before. What he was wearing he? the? Uh, he was wearing the. I don't remember actually. Yeah, 
They were I, they were all together, and they knock Dennis out, and they leave him in front of the rehab center, and then we just don't know what happens to him, and the next thing you know, he's in Charlie's apartment wearing beads. Yeah. Which, speaking of the apartment, Charlie mentions his bathroom, which goes back to that theory we were talking about of how many rooms is Charlie and Frank's apartment, but they choose to be in the one room. So we know there's at least you a bathroom. Use that bathroom. Yeah, you don't want to use the bathroom, so the bathroom's there. We got, a hall, we got a hallway closet. Yeah. So that's two. Yeah. I don't know what else there is. There's got to be at least one bedroom. That's three. How many times can we bring up this stupid theory? Um, but I want to offer a counter argument. I think the Simbad and Rob Thomas bits in this episode were one of the highlights for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think just see, I, they're so random, you know? Yeah. So I think it's like I kind of want to see them for all they are in the episode. I, I just it's only in virtue of Rob Thomas is that funny. <laughs> uh, how he only gets like the one line in "Watch your ass, new meat." I yeah. think that line's only funny in that context when you realize he wasn't able to get a single word in. I, I just didn't expect like a Rob Thomas Sinbad combination to be so dynamic. Uh, granted, I'm it's like Rob Thomas. I have a song. Shut up. <laughs> I've only like dipped my toe in both of their uh, contents, but like I'm not like super into either of them. But I think they really stole this uh, episode. And then you get so we get we get Frank and Mac, who are not on the same page as Mac never is about getting to meet uh, Bon Jovi. Uh, what'd you guys think of that bit? This nope. is the second time now we've seen someone in the gang fake cancer. This is the first time in this episode that someone has pronounced his name correctly, and I'm ashamed. I'm sorry, did I uh, mispronounce Mr. Bovine Joni's name? I thought we were supposed to run it with the Jim Jan Bovey. John uh, Von Joni? Anyways, yeah, so uh, in this scene with the cancer faking, we get an idea of how much Frank is worth. He gives up to like, he offers up to like $60 million, uh, which I think is Mac interesting. Does say they're bullshit numbers. So that's what I was going to bring up. Do, they, do we think they're bullshit numbers? Yeah, it's probably a bluff. You don't think he's worth at least $60 million? No. Really? Yeah. How much do we think Frank Reynolds is worth? Because he's got one shell at corporation. Most, uh, one real corporation. And we don't know what it does. So we don't really know how much making, he's making in general. Frank's fluid sounds I mean, I like a decent business. could technically be like dumb rich like that. But like, I'd say probably like $10 million, $5 million. He's my financier. Well, Donnie just gave his answer, but which isn't again, like we were totally far off. But so, what would you say? Five, ten million? Yeah, like maybe. And the dish of the day said that yours financier, so he goes with whatever you say. So it is a bullshit number. I think it's higher than Donnie, that. Donnie has invested all my podcast money into NFTs, so I default to whatever he says. <laughs> we're we're going to offer this podcast as an NFT, and it's going to be worth nothing. Uh, so they, they basically, they, they, they give up after this, they give up, Frank and Matt give up. They do exactly what Dennis said they would do. And they just go to the movies and, uh, set up the third act being everyone walking in the other person's shoes, essentially Frank and Max, uh, Charlie and D in each other's it's, what do you guys think of this, this setup? Cause it's not very often we get. Uh, a, such a direct setup for uh, a third act in this episode, in these episodes. I did not see it coming, you know? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. 
Mm. I didn't think they were going to go that direction, is what I mean. Mm. Well, in the theater, they're watching a movie. You guys know the name of that movie? No. It's called Three Coins in the Fountain. Oh. Which, uh, I don't know if you uh, paid attention to this episode, but in the next scene, there's a little fountain there, so that's a fun little Easter egg for you guys, okay. something to look out for. Charlie there needs them. There's spy coins. Three coins in the fountain from 1954. Um, yeah, uh, and... That's just going to, I guess, transition into uh, my next favorite bit, the, the fountain bit. Really love the fountain bit and everything it symbolizes. How so? What do glad, you mean? Uh, glad you asked here. So everyone shows up at the fountain, right? And they're, they're all using the fountain as something different. Dee is throwing change into the fountain, which is basically her offering up her dreams, yeah. right? Charlie is literally stealing symbolically her dreams out of the fountain frank is pissing on Dee's dreams and then dennis comes in uh and i don't really have symbolism for that well, he's he just wiping uh frank's piss and drinking frank's piss we, basically he like drinks from the he like no, he washes his face it like was that washing it makes his, like, i don't remember like he says the fountain is the waters of something. life yeah this was season four episode nine just to remind you oh my god maybe dennis like he steals D's youth. That's what that means. Like he's like, like leeches off of her success. And whenever she gets successful, she can't get su- successful because Dennis just steals. I mean, the only thing, I don't know. The only thing I got out of that is that uh, Frank's piss is good for your skin. Oh no! Don't try that. Are you I sure? I hate the literary theory portion of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got a I got a review here from a fan. Uh, Our fan or their fans. Uh, just a fellow fan of Sonny from back oh. in 2016. Uh, this, <laughs> this is uh, this is a take that you guys might agree with. Uh, the title is "Ruined by Sinbad Cameo." Such oh. a great episode, so funny. I'm not sure why they forced cameos by Sinbad and Rob whatever from that 80s band. Uh, Matchbox 20. It's from the 90s. Was this written by like a 10 year old, 12 year old? So why did they sew that? <laughs> a little typo. Why did they sew that? I'm sure that it's supposed to do that. Just, That's illiterate. That, that was Charlie. Just, All it does is distract. It, it says, Sinbad is so annoyingly <clears throat> over-the-top fake prison tough, you just want to kill him. Which I don't think that's what? really what he's going for. I no. think it's just this more... This has gotten violent. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's like fake prison tough. Did you guys get that vibe from... From in, like, is that what it was supposed to be? No, I got um crazy. Yeah, I think it was supposed to just be more of like the clinically insane. Also, old cheese, you're phoning it in technically. Just breaking the skin. What? This is how we begin. Was that a lyric? I don't know. I'm so scared that I'll never get put back together. Oh my god. <laughs> you, is this Matchbox 20? I can't, Again, I can't. I've only dipped my toe. I'm, I can't. I know one song by them. Mm-hmm. You guys are fucking missing out. <laughs> Rob, Look. Sing him a song. Shut up. <laughs> okay, so um, anyways, uh, the, the rest of this review just divulges into the, the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Uh, cat food equals delish. Everything else is hilarious. Stop forcing celebs because celebs like the show and want to be on it. Just tell them to frick off like Matt and Trey do. Please, mother frickers could be dope. Stop ruining it with cameos. Seven out of ten. Was this... What? 
Seven out of ten. <laughs> All of that and it's seven out of ten, you freaking coward. You don't even have the balls to give this episode a five out of ten or less. Cat food equals delicious. That's, that's all I why got. we're that's why we're doing this. All I mean, of he that. He clearly liked it. He just didn't want certain parts of I mean, I guess if one there. third of the episode is Sinbad I mean, like and Rob I said, Thomas. To me, the episode was good. And like I said, yeah, I don't know who Rob Thomas is. I don't give a fuck who Rob Thomas is. I could care less. Like, I think that that's what makes it funnier. Because like, I don't, like, I only know the name Matchbox 20 at the that's time the that I've seen That's the first time I've ever heard that in my yeah. entire life. I've sure. never heard the two words Matchbox and 20, and no. that's a word and a number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Until with you. Today. Until today, literally now, I've never heard that. You've before. never. And if I've heard it before, then like I, you've heard it. Hear, and you've seen this episode before. Yes, I've seen this episode. I, like I said, when I hear the term Sinbad, I think of this. Oh yeah, I get that. If you said Rob Thomas, I'd be like, "Who are you talking about?" Sure. <laughs> Shut up. Sing a song. Shut up. Sing a song. Like, Shut I, up. Yeah, be decisive. Like, like I said, the, I the quote you guys said earlier in the like the. Group I chat. get it. I was, I was like, is that a quote from Always Sunny that I missed? And then I watched the episode, and I was like, oh, it's not even in the show. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm with you. Every time I hear the name Rob Thomas, and I know I, I know he's in this episode, I don't even remember that he's in this episode. Like He's like, I don't know who this fucking guy or band is. So I'm yeah. with this this reviewer on that, but like I, I don't get where his actual anger is coming from. Like, Why do you care if these celebrities, obscure or not, are in an episode? What is his problem with them? It's just so random. Yeah. I think he's actually but that's what I like. a teenager. Like, I think he's Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I get but that's bigger what... vibes from like Jason Sudeikis being a guest on this show or Mindy Kaling being on this show where I get that vibe. It's like they're a fan of the show, so we'll invite them on. Also, Jason Sudeikis. Yet? Yeah. No, that's like season 15. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like 13. That's what I was going to say. I was like, isn't that later on? Well, yeah. Also, Charlie yeah. Day was in that Horrible Bosses with Jason Sudeikis, so that makes sense. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That feels more like, hey, we work together on this project. Yeah, Come yeah. be on the show. Sinbad and Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. The fact Donnie doesn't know who they are proves it's obscure enough to be like, like you got to give some humor Funny. points at least for that. Th that's exactly what I mean. It is so obscure that it's like, that's what makes it's it so It's not obscure. a celebrity saying, I want to be. Yeah. A, they He's probably so reached out to him. Yeah. The point is, it's it sounds more like if you got, if they're from the 80s and 90s, it sounds more like they wanted them on the show. It is the reviewer, reviewer also doesn't realize the connection that they probably couldn't get John Joe Movi on the show, but <laughs> they were too. able to get Rob Thomas. Like that's funny. That too, yeah. You can't get Joe Vaughn on, so, so they got his fake secretary guy. or whatever she is. Yeah, and and, and Rob Thomas. Yeah, fails in comparison to James Jabroni. <laughs> James Jabroni. <laughs> I do not like James Jabroni at all. I'm not a big fan of Bow Guy Jogi. See, since you guys are all trashing him, and I don't know who the fuck this other John Trashes is, but fucking John Bon Jovi put some respect on this man's name. He's Grew not that good. Him. No, he's not that good, but I mean, he's, he's not, not that, good. that bad either compared to a lot oh, of artists is. that people talk about. I've seen him. I, I mean, maybe him. live, yeah, sure, but like as far as like producing music and like putting it out on the no, internet. It's the boring, no. safest rock That's since, like, Nickelback took the torch. Not even... He's me and my dad's song. And he, I was about to say, yeah. He only did covers. He didn't even do original songs. Maybe, maybe he did one or two original songs, but he did covers, and they were shitty. Fuck that guy. It's like if, that doesn't okay. really fucking matter. All it's, the folk it, music written from the 40s to the fucking early 70s were covers by various you're, people. You're not wrong. You guys raw professional well, music. You're, shit. you're I'm not. I just trust you guys. Sorry. Old cheese. I'll, you're not wrong. I'll leave it. But he was just. Crap. I said, Donnie. I said, Donnie. You handle the Bitcoin. I'll handle the music deal. <laughs> that was uh, the deal. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs>
And now he's turning it all into NFTs, right? Um, I, I, I like I like Bon Jovi, but definitely overrated. That's that's yes. my final that's my final uh, professional opinion. We've talked ninety percent no of the about. music that people overhype is fucking overrated. Most of the music you guys tell me about is overrated. Uh, that but like that's because people have different preferences. But hey. <laughs> well, we could go tip Donnie, for tat, I didn't know you loved Bon Jovi. No, I don't. It's just like you guys hyped to... this random dude that I've never even heard of, and then like we're not hyping him. We didn't hype him. To I fucking I want to someone who's like actually just like decent. Not hyping Rob <laughs> I'm not. I'm not specifically talking about him. I don't know who he is. I'm, I'm hyping in general. Presence. There's been times where you guys hype people, where most people don't know who they are, and or a lot of people think they're overrated. But if you like them, it is what it is. Like I don't know. Y'all hear about this Jesus fellow? Eli fan. He's got some stigmatas. He's got to be pretty important. Who? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't know what you said. <laughs> I said Jesus. Oh. Y'all ever hear of Jesus? No. No. Reason? No. But I've heard of John Bon Jovi. He must be better than Jesus. <laughs> That's what we'll leave yeah. it on. That's what we're gonna end part one with. So when we come back. We're going to talk more about Mr. Bovine Joni and uh, Mr. Rob Thomas and this whole episode, season four, episode nine. We got uh, some interesting things coming up here. Arguments going on a scale and we're going to put it on the list of lists coming up after this break. Yeah, the Beatles thought they were bigger than Jesus. No, John Lennon thought he was bigger than Jesus. I think Bon Bon Jovi is bigger than Jesus. I don't think we're bigger than Jesus. Oh my God. I really hate Bon Jovi. Welcome back to the podcast, Golden Gods and Goddesses. We're still going on about this. We are still bickering. I tried to get us back to the show one way or another. This is a weird freaking episode review we're having today. Braden, Adam, Donnie, and uh, the uh, old, old cheese all sitting around together. Uh, We're talking about season four, episode nine. Dennis Reynolds, An Erotic Life. So we're going to get into part two of this episode. And the way part two works is uh, we have some categories that we're going to talk about. uh, The story, the characters, the quotes, the overall humor, and the wild card of this episode. You can give zero to ten points for each for a total of 50 points. uh, 200 points between us. We'll handle the math on our end. Uh, Just sit back, relax, and uh, listen to us uh, argue it out here on what we think of season four episode nine uh let's start it out uh story of this episode what'd you guys what'd you guys think of uh the story i thought thought it was very good yeah i thought it was the best part yeah i agree um having forgot speaking of memento and forgetting things having forgot that the uh dennis was not actually in rehab and he was imagining it with those two warehouse workers i think that made it a lot better so i uh I approached that freshly, and uh, yeah, I gave the story a 10. It all reaches around, and it, it ties itself up in a nice little bow. Not bad. 10 is not bad. I think it was, yeah, it was a good story. Um, uh, <laughs> I think that, again, we see Charlie and D. That's always a great storyline to follow, always fun. Um, Sinbad and Rob Thomas, that entire storyline. Despite what you guys said earlier, I think that is still a very strong storyline. Um, it's just so fun watching Dennis kind of not know what's going on, kind of. Um, so for that, I I gave it an eight. I didn't go quite a ten. 
Yeah. I would say, yeah, there was like basically, yeah, the three solid storylines. They all collide at the end. They got some random twists and like random the, shit going on at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, I didn't like the cold open a lot. Uh, and it wasn't like the best, best story ever. So I docked it a little bit, but I gave it a nine. I thought the cold open had a, a fair amount of banter. We didn't talk about the cold open in the beginning of the show, but I was waiting for someone to say, this is the best cold open we've ever seen. And then I was going to fucking jump on him. And be like, you can't say that about every episode. Why well, would said I said that like, once I ever? We and, and we all agree recently. Like we all agreed. Said, this is the best cold open for every cold open. We're <laughs> I'm not a, saying that. I don't think you listen to our podcast. We've said that once, I think. We said it once, twice. and we literally all said it together. We and all the, were on the same what? page. And the second time, the time we said it before that, we actually mentioned the time that we brought it up, I think, saying, hey, this is the best one ever. There was one other that we mentioned that was good, but this is the best one, and then we all agreed. But we're not going to say case. that. because so go listen to all our podcasts. Because the cold open is not the best. Had the best banter of any cold open. Yes. Back and forth between the characters. I think the dialogue was good. It's one of the longest. Yeah, I didn't think it was that funny, and I didn't think it was like, like anything like super crazy happening. I don't know. I'll tell you, I think it was really good the way that it obviously went from the title page of the book to the title card of the episode. That was a good transition. Good editing on that part. Um, Also, it's funny when fucking. Dennis accidentally rifles through the wrong page and goes to the, the picture that he drew on the other page and then settles on the title page. So, I yeah, I think that the uh, cold open is uh, underrated. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Mm. Uh, now, I'm... It wasn't I'm, particularly like, I'm funny. I'm arguing this, this story is... Well, less, less uh, you know, cut and dry as the last episode that uh, we reviewed. Um, I think it's a bit more layered. Um, as far as like a plot, B plot, you know, setting up the next part of the story, uh, appropriately, uh, definitely less linear than last episode. Uh, it just story-wise doesn't stick with me as much as the others. When I think of this episode, I think of like really like two scenes, not like a whole episode and what happens in it. Um, I think the story gets better as it goes on by the end of it. It's, it's got me, so I'm not going to give it below a five. I'm just Gonna say it's barely average at at five out of ten. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that last episode uh, was more linear, and this one is less linear because what they fragment off into a few different groups. And I mean, I guess that's a bad. That's like a bad way to describe that. That's not like that's not what I mean. I mean, it's it's um basics another bad word but i guess just like like last episode that was the problem i had with it yeah this episode kind of redeemed for it but because i just couldn't seem to care when dennis mack and frank were all together like it was all right but it wasn't like as good as mack and frank and then dennis's adventures in the rehab facility gets better as it goes on and if it didn't i'd probably be going below five but as it is okay five out of ten all right what do you guys think about that? Nothing. You no. not gonna convince me to no. go higher? We got a ten out of oh, ten yeah. from one oh, of you. Geez, like, you gave nothing. No pushback. Well, I gave my reasons for the ten out of ten. I said, you know, some people don't value the reach around as much as Donnie and myself value the reach around. What can I tell you? <laughs> I, I can't change your value system in forty minutes. I mean, is is it? Uh, 
is it a wraparound or, oh my God, I hate that you're using this term, a reach around <laughs> or is it more of a twist? Is it more of like the twist you're looking for? Both, same both. thing. Because like, yeah, they're both, slightly different, both but things both. happen in this episode. There's the twist, Dennis isn't aware, there's the fucking fake rehab, number one. Number two, it all wraps around in the end. So yeah, I mean, it does I what it needs to do and it does get better. In this story, I hear an argument that there were points in the story where it was cut off and seemed random. Like, why the fuck they're at the movie theater? It doesn't seem like there's a that sort of natural progression. But then again, neither does neither did Memento. There wasn't a natural. Neither did both. All the best things don't have a natural progression. So are you just going off of random equals funny in this case? Yes, that's right. Here, here's why I think it's a good story. <laughs> I, I think when you're looking looking at like plot design. I think that um, the whatever fucking memoirs, whatever whatever the book that Dennis made, it's a good plot device for which a lot of these awesome or interesting storylines can develop. And just think about how we went from Dennis's memoirs to everyone's like fighting around a fountain at the end of an, of an episode. And think, it's good in that part. Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm just gonna stick with okay. five out of ten. If All right. if it didn't end the way it did, I'd probably. All right, we'd be looking at a four, three, two, one, cool. or zero. Hey, I shot my shot. Shit, I appreciate you guys. Uh, all right, reason did not prevail. Uh, characters. Ooh, um, shit. I, I gave it a ten. I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm at a nine. Talk I, to me. Um, I, go, I, go. By all means. <laughs> oh, please, yes, sir. No, seriously. No, please go ahead. No, I really didn't. You go. I'm serious. Um, I gave it a 7.3. I didn't think Dennis's character was very strong, and that was a big that was a big knockdown for me. He sort of speaking of phoning it in. I think his character was just kind of phoning it in. Yeah, no, that's wild because I actually gave it a 7.31. So we were basically on. on the dodge, like point oh one. I hate you both. so What do you mean? Um, I hate you guys so much. What do you I mean? First you, decimal ever. Let me do the music theory. You do the Bitcoin. We got this. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, he was like phoning it in. What didn't you like about him specifically? He didn't fucking do anything. He got no. hit in the head and then yeah. was doing fucking nothing for the rest yeah. of the for the rest of the whole show. All right. For the rest of the whole episode. Okay. Shit. That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. I do like sometimes when Dennis is just kind of taken for a ride, though. Yeah, I do, too. I like it sometimes. Uh, I'm not going to give a bunch of points for him for it, but um, mm. just to bring it back to Simbad and Rob Thomas, it's just random enough where it, it gets me, and the fact that it has to be Dennis that is dealing with them, because um, just like I kind of had, a, I was thinking while watching this, just like, what if it was another character yeah. in Dennis's position in this episode? Well, Charlie would have loved it. He, he they all would. Bad. It all would have been good, I think, to some extent. But I think if it had to be anyone, it had to be Dennis because it's yeah. just confusing enough. He's just as bewildered as the audience is. Like that's why it worked because he's like Sinbad. It's like just random, but also not just obscure enough mm -hmm. for it to be like questionable. So it's like it's like believe it's like believable. I feel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Another reason I gave the 9 out of 10 was because uh, Frank and Mac, we don't really see them go on um, adventures too much uh, together. They're not paired off too frequently, uh, but when it happens, uh, I kind of find it enjoyable, uh, especially seeing how, how Frank is able to uh, try and 
keep tabs on on Mac, if you will, try to keep a hold on him. Uh, but yeah, Mac is almost a wild card this episode. Yeah, yeah. Brandy, right. What did you think about the characters? Um, I mean, you guys basically explained everything. Did you really uh, give it a I mean, seven point three one? Uh, I mean, I had given it a seven, so I changed my score to seven point three one. Oh, understood. So nice. it, was, it was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Braden's dying inside. Uh, and the outside (laughs) so it sounds like we all kind of feel the same we're just kind of giving it different scores because of that yeah so one more time a lot of of us feel the same one way two of us feel the same the other way i think that's a good a good breakdown i gave it a 10 because like there's a lot of good character development essentially Mm -hmm. and the nine you learn so much about all the characters did stand up dennis writes erotic fiction Mm -hmm. or memoirs Mm-hmm. And then we got our seven yeah, three and seven but three I mean, one. I felt like they do the the Richard Grieco episode with Dennis's uh, eroticism, and even the Fatty Magoo episode with Dennis's eroticism, where they just yeah. play it so much better. Here, it's just like a like a just a fucking. They don't use it to springboard into anything else. It's just something that's there. What about Charlie illiteracy points? Like we know he's illiterate. Again, I don't know. They reference it. That's that's why he got a seven point three. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Uh, well, he can't read, so he's probably masturbating to the pictures. Which, oh my God, there's pictures. What? I don't know. That's 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 humor. But we'll get to that in the humor. Uh, but before we that, do that, we got quotes in this episode. What'd you guys find? Four. Were they good? Were they bad? Uh, this is gonna be the worst score I've ever given ever. I think in the history of the show, uh, I literally barely wrote down any quotes. I gave it a one. Whoa! Wow. Whoa! I wrote down three quotes. Whoa. Okay. Talk to me. I gave it a four. Okay. Adam, you gave it a 10, didn't you? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I went six and a half with it. I, I gave six. Yeah. Um, so we have a six and a half, six, four, one. I say Donnie goes first. Yeah, you said you have three. So All right. Um, I got that story was real. The hot dogs, the oatmeal. Um. Dennis says that shit about, I don't know, one of his memoirs. Um, Adam just gave you the look I give Adam yeah, when he reads yeah. quotes. I know. <laughs> he, how that feels. <laughs> no, I mean, it kind of, you kind of felt like you looked at me like I was into that type of thing. And I was like, no, nah, I kind of just thought it was funny. Like, I wasn't like turned on by that or anything. <laughs> you know what? I, at least, at least you're, you're better at like defending yourself on that. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. I'm not into it. I just liked when they said it. <laughs> It's a like food thing, really, not like a sex just, thing. Like, scared, like really, you're into that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, fuck. What is what is this quote even from? He said, "I asked a lot of people." What does that say? Uh, On today's uh, episode yeah, of Ball Cap Guy, uh, the, you I wrote down. Beard. I didn't write down the full quote. When you have, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, Donnie yeah, can't yeah. read his own you hand. Lose right. your beard. Yeah, when he loses your beard, he, yeah, yeah, under his breath, he's like, uh, when he's t- trying to convince you to I asked a lot cancer. of people about that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was. There you go. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I asked a lot of people. The bald, I asked the bald cap guy, uh, meaning obviously he's clearly faking cancer. And then uh, Dennis at the end when he's like, he'll autograph your face until your blood is or your into face a bloody bulb, bulb. whatever. Yeah, I, I, those are the only three that I really like. Stopped to like write down everything else was. Like, I've used that one personally. Like, I will autograph your face into a bloody pulp, man. Yeah, like that's just like. And I, that's when I never, like, noticed that frequently before. Mm-hmm. But other than those three, like, right. I don't know. So I'm up next with the number four. I got first line out of Charlie's mouth. 
when she's like, he's like, what were you doing up there? Well, for starters, I was minding my own business. <laughs> That's what I do whenever people ask me what was I doing. Uh, Dennis does this two or three times when he's re- re- uh, retelling his memoirs, but the one I caught was he, he does this thing where he like uses big fancy words and then doesn't. So he goes, taught nubile, awesome. And then he does it like a third time. Like, I was taught in nubile and she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was funny. He writes like a, a te- chuckle from. He writes like a teenager. Cool. He he goes. He's uh, what what's the line, dude? Your balls totally rock or something like that. Like yeah, yeah. He writes yeah, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. like a disgusting like fourteen year old like. Um, this other one I actually remembered, and I remembered laughing the first time I saw it. I remembered my first time laugh. Uh, cat food plus beer plus goo makes some glue makes some sort of weird chemical reaction that makes me sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> sick and tired. I thought that was good. <laughs> that is uh, funny. Um, I just I don't know. I've tried to Matchbox. stop taking. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> this is Rob Thomas for Matchbox Twenty. Sing a song. Shut up. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, there's a lot of them where and it's like in the context instance, like that where you got to kind of see the bovine Jovi. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. All mine were Sinbad and Rob Thomas related. You go for it, Adam. Um, I guess uh, Dennis's line says, "And I was going to unleash them on the world in a fiery blaze of eroticism." That's just like it, you know, a classic. It's always sunny. That's telling for him. Line. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good Dennis line. Yeah, like if I were to put like Dennis quotes, that would be there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, um, beat his testicles. Beat his, beat his testicles. testicles. Take his shoes off. Yeah. Beat his testicles. What is it? He says. He says. Beat his testicles, and then he says, "Beat his testicle." Uh, <laughs> uh, like, beat them both. I choose one. Um, unleash the fury. Sinbad says, "I don't know." Unleash mm. the fury. Beat his testicles. Um, yeah. No. Uh, no. Okay. No, th- those were all right. I'm, those were all right. Um, how did this get worse as it went on? Like, hold on. Did all the good ones get names? I will. I will say like. Yeah. And I didn't really. Um, I didn't really like hear this when I've whenever I watched it before, but in the beginning, Charlie's talking about his a spy. Like he he hired he had a, a spy, spy on the waitress. What? what, what? And, and then I'm like, who? Better. And then at the end, he's like, "Those are my spy coins you're stealing." And he, like he from the fountain. Mm-hmm. And I've, I I thought it's one of those lines where I never heard it, so I put that in quotes because like I've just never heard that line before being yelled. I put that, that in story because it was part of the rate the the wraparound. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I like it when fucking D comes back into the room, uh, into the apartment, and Frank is taking a piss, and he's like, Occupado. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You've, you've lost me. You Not I, only did you lose hey. me, let me hit you with some actually good quotes. Rob Thomas is a douchebag, but the public eats that shit up. I love that one. Uh, Sinbad is not the man you think he is, Charlie. And mm. uh, Charlie immediately says, I hope he's wearing something out of Windbreaker. And uh, I thought that was just like a good reference to the gang being from the yeah. 80s. Just they know who Sinbad is and he's just like a bigger figure to them than whoever that reviewer that we read was because obviously it's obscure now. I don't know. Uh, but uh, two, three words technically. Matchbox 20, ew. Dennis, uh, <laughs> Dennis says Matchbox 20, ew. <laughs> and then uh, Sinbad, oh, I didn't realize you were hurting. I've been hurt before. You've been hurt before. It, Anything Sinbad line. says in this episode, yeah. uh, just as a crazy psychosomatic yeah. person. Unleash the fury. Unleash the fury, beat his testicles. You ever eat cheese? Cheese is weird. What is cheese? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and then you guys said all the other ones I had, so I'm sticking with my six and a half, uh, personally. All right, I'll go to a two. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> yes, there we go. That's what I like to hear. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, so... That almost made me want to go back to a one and a half, but I'll stay to two. I appreciate you. <laughs> that makes me want to go back to a one, but I'll stay to I, two. I do not appreciate you. Oh, he, we, I forgot one line. When, when Charlie's like, well, that's probably way too much glue for you, D. And now you learned a lesson. Yeah, that's well, a good line. That's a good one. I that's like just that one. telling for all of them yeah. in, in this episode of. But he says it's so matter of factly. Like any glue is 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 bad for you. But D does that too when they're in the <laughs> when they're in the comedy club. You don't eat food because you're gonna gag and you want to hope that there's no food in your stomach. Yeah. Like they explain it like it's an everyday thing, but it's these problems that they've created in their heads. If D had different aspirations that she was actually meant for, she wouldn't have her problems. If Charlie stopped putting band aids that just festered the problem oh and God. put over other band-aids over it, like the cat food, that he wouldn't have his problems. Yeah. So I, I agree. It's the delivery of those lines. What was um, D talking? Oh, well, I guess we're, if we're done with quotes. We should move on to humor, right? If it applies to whatever yeah, the hell you're about yeah. to say. All right, it, overall humor. What was the joke that, what was she talking about on her stand-up? Was she talking about public transportation buses? I forgot. No, she was talking about Bluetooth. Bluetooth, Bluetooth that's right. Bluetooth yeah. headset. Yeah. Yeah, like one, one part, part robot, robot three one. parts asshole. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know why it's like I, I, my you mind guys remember blanked. Bluetooth headsets? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, are we acting like I'm they aren't still? Right they're now. still a thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of just turned into AirPods, but like, no, I'm talking about AirPods like, are Bluetooth headphones. They just don't. Call I'm talking them about the jawbone in the ear guy talking way too loud on the subway about whatever business he's got going on. I mean, people that people have do cell that. I'm sure still have Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah, still a thing for sure. I think they just kind of turned now, into here's, the... Here's a question if you guys remember. Do you guys remember non-Bluetooth headset? It was like a headset that had a little yeah. like uh, knob on the back of it, and you'd stick your phone on the back, and it would just hold onto your head. Yes. My parents had those in their office. <laughs> oh, jeez. Did they have the uh, clip on their belt, too, for the phone? No, I don't think so. Oh, shame. Shame. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the people who, like, talked on, like, the specifically Bluetooth headset, not AirPods, Bluetooth headset. I get what you're saying, but, like, they just kind of turned wireless into wireless headsets are Bluetooth headsets. No, and I understand that, but I'm talking brand. about annoying-ass businessmen. Oh, yeah. Like, you're talking about a specific company like the Samsung Bluetooth or the what? Like they're not called um, Bluetooth headset. I know what you're implying. Like those. I understand thick, they all use Bluetooth technology. Ones. Yeah, I'm talking about. But the you're thick calling them Bluetooth headphones. That's not what they're called. It's like a a specific company. Like it was either the Samsung one or the Radio Shack one or the whatever. <laughs> okay, so you're being you, very stereotypical towards Bluetooth headphones, and I'm not having. It. I'm not letting you. Do that. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Yeah, we are. We are very. We are very uh, technology open. Tolerant yeah. of technology here, okay? We don't like to generalize. We're very PC in this this yeah. environment. Oh, are we now? Yes. yes. Are we now? Okay. So <laughs> for those of you, uh, I'm talking about the LG Tone Pro 780 Bluetooth wireless headset. Oh, were you uh, talking that you about that? Seen back in the day. <laughs> LG or, is definitely large and obnoxious. I agree with you. Or possibly <laughs> the Samsung Uflex wireless in-ear uh, Bluetooth device, or uh, another. Um, 
Uh, let's let's look up more Bluetooth headset. Uh, One example is not enough. Now you're just not enough. We got the we got the CVC 8.0 dual mic uh, noise canceling Bluetooth You should look up some reviews on that one. I might get one of those. I've never heard of that one. It's got four thousand reviews. I can it's probably I, decent. Eight point six. It now you don't even know. I the can product. one click it for you. You want to just Venmo you're me thirty product. bucks? No, you're trashing products you know nothing about. Where, where's your credibility Where did this now? even come from? Where I don't know. Even... You're, you're trashing uh, these random products on the internet. D was trashing Bluetooth. Nowadays, you just... No, I you think just... she was trashing the person. Yeah. Person. One part robot, three parts asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the person oh, back in the day. I'm not talking about the show. Anymore. Now it's like, nowadays, you'd be talking yeah. the same way about the person on their like speakerphone in the grocery store. Oh, you know? I hate that. I hate that stuff. Put what is wrong your, with you? Put yeah. it up your ear. Or don't talk. Just shop. Yeah, just shop. <laughs> but like freaking Karen's going down the aisle going, I, I'm looking for the guacamole. Do we need the guacamole tonight? And the person's on the other end going, Mom, leave me alone. I don't know. Get the point. Uh, overall humor. Where were we? Physical comedy in this episode really strong. Yeah. Uh, quotes maybe not as strong. What you guys think? I think editing is good. I think especially mm-hmm. from the cold open when, um, uh, when Dennis is flipping through the pages and he settles on... He settles on the on the title page, and then the title, you know, goes into the title card. But there's a brief moment. There's a lot of subtle jokes in this episode, I think. So for that, I'm giving this uh, an eight out of ten for humor. This is a funny I episode. Also gave it an eight. Yeah, like the Sinbad, the entire Sin, the initial Sinbad and Rob Thomas scene, hilarious. I mean, it's just so like, what is going on? So funny. There were parts that I've laughed at for sure, like harder than others, yeah. but. I didn't laugh at most of this episode. Uh, I give it a five. Yep. Last were few and far between. I'm going to stick yeah. with the six and a half uh, okay. on this. Just because mm-hmm. um, uh, there were some highlights of it. Uh, just like a lot of the rehab scenes really got me. Uh, Charlie and Dee were like really close second to that whole situation. Yeah. Few and far between laughs. I got bored a couple of times. Honestly, I should probably put this down to five and a half, but... I still kind of enjoyed this episode, so I'll stick with my six and a half out of ten. Hmm. What do you think, old cheese? I said eight. He agreed with you. Oh, I yeah, said eight oh, like three times. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I yeah, but why do you think it's an eight? No, I, I heard the eight, but why? Yeah, I didn't hear the argument. Yeah. Oh, you want me to argue for it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, all right, so let's uh, do a little rewind. Everything that Donnie said. Okay, that's it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Okay. Cool. Wild card. Wild card, bitches! Oh, yeah! Okay. Five times Charlie said cheese in his stand-up bit out of ten. <laughs> cheese is weird. Okay. I, I gave this. You know. I don't know. I gave this an eight out of ten for the wild card. Nothing. Just just random because arbitrary random. All yeah. right. Let me let me put some effort in here. Three cans of cat food out of ten. <laughs> oh, hey, gross. that's a good one. Let me put in some uh, even more effort. I guess probably not, but uh, I gave it a ten for them referencing the Philadelphia. I don't even remember anymore. Now it's embarrassing. But the arena football team that <laughs> arena football. And since today is literally the start of college football, so the start of football season, coincidentally lining up with them referencing football for one of the few times they ever Ooh. do. It's, a, it's an astrology wild card. I don't know if I'd go that far, but maybe, yeah. An astrology wild card. Uh, it's the Philadelphia Soul. Shout out to the there Philadelphia Soul. 
uh, worth apparently upwards of sixty million dollars. Actually, co-owned by Bon Jovi. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's like a John real Benobi. reference. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's a real life connection. How fun. We had a lot of fun here today, guys. Which I have noticed with Always Sunny, they are fairly accurate with most things that are realistic to be accurate about. Or when yeah. they can be. Like, when it comes down to just like make stuff. shit up. Yeah. Well, you got to be accurate or else you end up like the Million Little Pieces guy, you know? Or else people call you out on it and then you end up on Oprah and it's it's a whole thing. Wait, was he on Oprah before, first? After? Know, good reach around address. to the beginning oh. of this episode. Yeah, do I get points for that one? Yeah, you definitely do in my book. Thanks, Dad. We have taken our wishes, we have taken our coins, we have thrown them into the fountain, and we are going to see what the fountain has in store for us when you put this episode onto the list of lists. But before we talk about our score, we need to know what do the fans think of Season 4, Episode 9. Hit me with it, guys. 8.1 to 9.3 is our scores so far. 8.3. Okay. 8.2. 8.2. Okay. I'm going to say they loved the uh, cameos, so 8.8. Two in a row for Donnie Crunkleton, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. 8.3 out of 10 from the fans on this episode. Uh, 2.1 thousand votes. Uh, this one is tied up with The Gang Finds a Dead Guy from Season 1 and Season 3's The Gang Sells Out and The Gang Gets Whacked Part 1. Uh, pretty, pretty even there. But what did we think of this episode? The important part here, where does this episode go on the list of lists? Let's start it out with Donnie. Donnie, what did you uh, give this episode? Uh, 6.662. 6.662? Should we we just uh, round that up to a 6.7 there? Yes, we should. Uh, No, let's round it down to a 6.6. Oh, okay. I'll change the score if I really have to, but... Okay. 6.662. Uh, gonna keep it at the six point six uh, to keep it uh, accurate, and so we don't get sued. Uh, puts this episode at uh, your middle, basically. This is gonna be right towards uh, the center for you um, at number twenty three for you, Donnie. Uh, so right smack dab in the middle of the list. Dish of the day. What'd you give this episode? Six point eight six. Six point eight six or six point nine there. Whatever you're the number guy. Okay, six point nine. We're gonna put this uh, at number sixteen for the dish of the day. That is tied up with the gang sells out and the gang sells the North Korea situation from season three. Uh, what'd you think of that? Better, worse? I think that it, it's it should be around the gang sells the North Korea situation. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good comparison for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like. I like that. Uh, Adam, what did you give this episode? A seven point eight out of ten. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure. Really sure about that? I'm really sure about that. Okay, cool. Because this is in your top ten. This is going to be number eight for you. Uh, this one is tied up with a few episodes. The gang gets whacked. Part two and the aluminum monster versus Fatty Magoo. Better, yeah. worse than those episodes? I think that's a, that makes sense. It's right there. All right. I hate it on this episode the most. I gave this episode a 6 out of 10. Flat. Uh, tied for number 27 with the gang solves the North Korea situation. And I think that's pretty fair, to be honest with you, because I remember, I think, when we reviewed that episode, I said that the laughs were few and far between there as well. But still uh, a decently enjoyable episode. 
And, uh, yeah. Let's throw this on the list of lists. What do we give this episode when it's all said and done together? This episode gets a score of 6.8 out of 10, tying it with the Aluminum Monster versus Fatty Magoo. Uh, this is going to be episode uh, 22 out of 42 episodes now. So right in the middle. It sounds like we were all kind of on the same page. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Is this better or worse than Aluminum Monster versus Fatty Magoo? I like it better, personally. This is... I think it's a bit worse. Yeah, this is like the most medium-rated season four episode we've had yet. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, tell us what you guys think. Let us know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Shoot us some DMs. Maybe you'll get a shout-out here on the podcast. Uh, We're going to be sending out some Ongo Galblogan stickers again very shortly, so... Go ahead and follow us. Let us know if you want one. We will send one your way. Hit subscribe so you get notified when episode reviews like this one come out. And uh, when we release some jabroni talks, we're going to revisit all of season four and uh, technically season three, two, and one as well uh, at the end of this season for another jabroni talk. Uh, but we love doing these episode reviews so you guys for you guys. So hit subscribe. Uh, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It goes a long way. And uh, we'll see you guys very soon. We got another episode of you. Uh, Season 4, episode 10. Sweet D has a heart attack. See you soon. See you real soon.